As a thank you to our amazing guests for being here, Speak LA will make a donation to our guest charity of choice, Planned Parenthood. Hey, Jen. Hey, Cam. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited. I know, me too. Are you as excited as I am? Yeah, to talk to Angela. Oh, Angela I Terry. Know. I know. Casting director. I know. I've been a fan, well, definitely since Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. I love Band of Brothers. Uh-huh. Currently casting in the dark. I know. Another so great show. I know. And wickedly funny. Yeah. For sure. Not so, to put the pressure on. Not to put the pressure. <laughs> but good personality to boot. You can't, yeah. can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. Super fun. So, Jen, mm. my favorite question of the yeah. day is, yeah. which I never forget to ask <laughs> I you. I feel so needy now that I made you ask me what I've been up to. <laughs> I want to know what you've been up to in L.A. What's been going on? Um, no pressure. Right. L.A. Something L.A. I've yeah. been doing. Um, well, I'll tell you. I have something. What? Um, I have a little little ritual in my life that I like to do, which is that um, every few years I like to join a gym. Oh, yes. And then I like to go like two or three times and then not go again for like nine months oh and then God. quit the gym. <laughs> and then like two years later, join another gym <laughs> and repeat. So t- today I joined one and they do a thing where they let you, um, you get like a free training yeah. with somebody. And I literally can barely walk. I mean, I, I, it was difficult for me to sit down. I, so, I can see that. I don't know. Is that an LA thing? Well, it's I just, kind of an LA I want to tell you that I have the same ritual. Oh, you do? <laughs> exact same thing. It's a good one, right? Maybe we join the same gyms and quit at the same time together. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. You grew up in L.A., yeah? Yes. Which part? Uh, Orange County. Oh, Orange County. Oh. Yeah, cool. No, Orange County's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing um, further from L.A. is like Kansas. <laughs> Did anyone in your family work in showbiz? No. No. Yeah, no. Way no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer of most guests. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's very few people who have a generational Right. Right. We all come experience. here with a dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're the first crazy people to break out of yeah. our totally. family. Exactly. To not have a real job for a while. That's yeah. right. Yeah. What is a movie that you find totally inspiring? Um there are so many, mm-hmm. but I have to say that like my go-to movie is Goodfellas, oh, and yeah. I just I can't if it's on I can't not watch it. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like even if it's in the middle of it, one little <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this. I'm just gonna watch, and then at the end of it, I'm oh my, oh, oh it's so good. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it is. And brilliant. I feel that way about the Godfathers mm-hmm. one and two. I've never seen three, but mm-hmm. um, you know anything mm-hmm. in, Italian, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. gangster <laughs> violence. Uh-huh. The gangsta. Love it. Um, horror movies, yes or no? God, not intentionally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've accidentally walked into horror movies before, and I'm just terrified of everything in that yeah, world. So I loved Get Out, if that con- oh, is considered yeah. horror. I'm not sure. sure if it is, but mm-hmm. I like that more sort of uh, suspenseful thing. Mm-hmm. I love, well, that's not horror movies. You mean like the slasher kind of things? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, well, what about reality TV? Yes or no? That's uh, yes and no. Yes mm-hmm. and no. Because I have to confess, of course, I've seen The Bachelorette and The Bachelor a few times. I've watched a few rounds of those. And then I really like like Project Runway and oh, yeah. The those Top Chefs great. and things where people are actually showing you a skill and an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. American Idol I was addicted to from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I had star- we, grew up, we only had Star Search, 
when I was growing up. So that was a pathetic example of Star Search Girlfriend competition. It was I was always watching it as a kid, going, "That is really bad material. Why are they having the actors work with that bad material?" But I, you know, I do love it. But I. I'm ashamed at the same time to say that sure. it, I'm not instead watching sure. Downton Abbey. Dirty so, little yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's my dirty little secret. The Great British Baking Show. Have you yeah, seen that yeah, one? Yeah. I have seen it. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's yes. amazing. I always feel really just sort of less than when I'm watching yeah. some of that stuff. <laughs> what about social media? Opportunity or the worst curse on humankind? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for actors. I really do. I'm not a part of it in one tiny iota. I'm not a part of it. I'm not on Facebook. I don't want any of that because I live my life like I'm in witness protection. (laughs) So I don't want to be found. I'm not in witness protection. But I envy the people that are because I find it peaceful. (laughs) And I just, yeah. um, But I think it's a great opportunity for actors. Yeah. Really unique. Who is an actor who influenced you to do what you do today? I don't know if there were any actors that influenced me. The first person I ever remember clocking, besides, I mean, my, my, my parents were big movie people. They loved movies. And so I grew up knowing, you know, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and all of the sort of greats of that era. And then I loved... Um, I Love Lucy and Carol Burnett, those people. But mm-hmm. the first person I ever pulled off a movie screen was... Um, I was, I think I was just an, out of high school, and we were, it was a teen movie, and I thought, I grew up in Southern California, so I knew surfers, and I'm like, if this guy is not a real surfer, he's fucking brilliant, because it's exactly, it was pitch perfect, just enough comedy and real, and it was Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont oh, High, yeah. and so I just remember sitting there saying, looking, Sean <laughs> Penn, perfect. four letters, four letters, and that was the first, like, name that I yeah. tried to memorize yeah. that was in my contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. If you had to sum up L.A. in one word, what would it be? Interesting. Um, let's say becoming Ooh. is the word that I would use, I guess. Why? You know, it feels like as long as I've been sort of making trips up here as a kid and then living up here, it always seems like, like you go to New York and like New York's landed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And Coming. and yeah. Paris is uh-huh. Paris and London is London and Chicago and then like LA is keeps sort of evolving in these yeah. areas and these enclaves just keep becoming more uh, having the more personality and like Silver Lake and yeah. Echo Park yeah. and downtown LA and so I feel like LA's really still becoming who what it's going to be. So it'll maybe get there in 50 years. Perfect. Oh, love it. Angela, thank you so much for being here. This oh, is amazing. It's such We're an honor. S- to yeah, ask. no, Appreciate we've, that. we've been really looking forward to this. Yes, we have. Um, I'd love to just know how you how you got interested in casting and how you how you became a casting director. How that Weird. happened. Who yes. you are today. Yes. <laughs> Tell us. How did that happen? It was an accidental rocky road. Um, so I obviously grew up in L.A. and my mom had um, wanted us to do, we grew up singing in my family. So there was some performing element. I, I sang with my mom and my sister in a trio in Southern California churches. And we went um, oh, to wow. a workshop in Los Angeles called The Joy of Singing. And uh, while we were there, I think I was 17 at the time. And while we were there, there was uh, a director who was in the audience. And I don't know what his name was now and he was in the workshop and there was a photographer in the workshop and after I got done performing he got up and called 
Bauman, Dick Bauman at Bauman Hiller and Strain, I think, at the time, uh-huh. and said, there's this girl, you've got to meet her, blah, 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 blah. I had no, I was going to be a psychologist. I was going to be a psychiatrist. <laughs> I was going to have a real job, you know. And they, like, took me off the beaten path. So I went and met with an agent, and he sent me out on some auditions. Wow. And I auditioned for Blame It on Rio. Wow. Um, and I was <laughs> awful. I mean, I was looking at the material. I remember reading. I think I was reading with Wally Nacita, who's now a producer. And I remember looking at it, and I was like, <laughs> this is really funny. In the middle of the audition, <laughs> this is really, this is, wait, this is funny. You know, like, I had clue, absolutely clueless. So the uh, response was it would behoove her to have acting lessons that was my great response <laughs> and so I went to a school in Orange County uh, Cypress College and there was a, a teacher there that was like if you can imagine Dustin Hoffman as an acting teacher oh, and uh-huh. he was respect for acting Uda Hagen was our book yeah. and it was Stanislavski and it was just like we were all just you know super immersed uh-huh. in it and it was thrilling I love the process it was a whole new world yeah. and he told me to audition for Circle in the Square in New York and I did and I got accepted to the two year professional program so like my parents are like what's happening <laughs> My daughter was supposed to go. My parents were like, you know, masters and doctorate degree yeah. and all that. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah, and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from. But my father was a preacher first and then a teacher. Oh, so his, wow. there's a performance level to his job. Sure. And then there's a performance level to my mom's job as well. She was a national consultant. So she spoke all over the country and stuff. But um, that's the only tie. Otherwise, they had no idea why I was doing this. And so I, I lived in New York. And once I got to New York, I loved it. I felt immersed in it. Mm-hmm. And what I see now in retrospect was that I was fascinated with the process of acting and performing terrified me but figuring it out myself in rehearsal and like I would sneak into the back of the theater while they were doing they had the on Broadway um, theater circle in the squares on Broadway theater and it was John Malkovich was directing Kevin Klein and Raul Julia and Glenn Headley in um, Arms and the Man and I sat in the back of the theater and it was just the four of them there there was no one else in the theater but us and they didn't know I was there and I would sit and watch them and and I really wanted John Malkovich was talking so softly I could hardly hear what he I couldn't hear most of what he was saying. But then they would all laugh, and then they would go back and, and go back into rehearsal, and I was dying to know what he was saying to them and how they were talking about the material, and I was captivated. But then the performance aspect of it, the competition aspect of it, when I came back to L.A., really threw me. And I didn't know how to make a job. We didn't have any of the, you know, there was no online. There, we were th- mailing out 8 by 10 yeah, resumes sure. to everybody. And... I didn't know how to make it work. And any opportunity that I did have, I kind of screwed up. <laughs> like, I, like, like, I really, like, I didn't show up to a call back at the public theater for the lead in Twelfth Night at Shakespeare in the Park, right? I didn't go. <laughs> Just couldn't Why? be bothered that day to show up well, yeah. for that. I think I was scared. Scared? Stoned. Or... Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot. I'm a scared. In New York. Like, I'm scared. I had guys on every corner that I could go to and get my little nickel bag. Oh, um, oh but my God. <laughs> my lung collapsed in between years at Circle because I smoked so much weed. For real? For real. I yeah, was, I was not expecting that answer oh, at all. Wow. That's, That's just the beginning. Um, so needless to say, I was a little dysfunctional in some of that stuff. And so I couldn't handle, I couldn't grow up and handle my yeah, own fear right. of it. Oh, right. We're recording this, aren't we? That's okay. It's not like it hasn't been heard in AA rooms all over Los Angeles. Um, but 
So, <laughs> so when I got back here, I, I started uh, waiting tables. So waitressing, of course, the you know Los Angeles thing, moved up to LA, waiting tables, singing in bands. And so I started singing because I could make 100 bucks a night singing in a band. And I sang in bands for eight years. And then realized I'm up there like in a little dress. I'm like, I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't have a career. I'm, not, I'm out of town most of the time, you know, on the road. And I don't have a path. And I never saw that that was going to happen to me. That was never, I was going to go to college, I was going to get a degree. Yeah. I would have a, a psychology practice by now. So I was freaked out. So every town that we went to, I'd go to the library and look up occupations. And I realized I can go back to school, I can get a master's degree, I can do teach, I could do all these different things. But the two things that I could do right away was I could maybe be a receptionist at a, at a music studio and maybe be a receptionist in a casting office. Those were two things I knew a tiny bit about. So I put out 100 resumes, 50 to each, and I got one answer and it was Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, it would have been my top choice as an actress oh to be in their office. They do all of Rob Reiner and Ron right. Howard's films they're and Harry Potter, like their famous. huge film office. Yeah. So I drove in five hours from the Riverside Resort where I was singing at the Loser's Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> Drove in for the interview, drove back, and I got it. I got the job. So, um, oh and that was the beginning of like, oh my God, figuring out what this town. This t it's a very different energy. So, like, yeah, you know, Midwest parents and suburban life and all that stuff, and then L.A. and the personalities. Just my one piece of advice is learn to identify the borderline personality disorder, and if you can identify the borderline in any organization that you go into <laughs> and just step to the side. Yeah. <laughs> Let them pass. That's a good one for LA because it's yeah. crazy people. Yeah. Um, but I, but that was, you know, so casting sort of chose me and yeah. that like I had two options and it kind of chose mm -hmm. me and I just buckled down and used all the organizational stuff that I knew. I'm a very organized person and I think um, that really helped me keep a job ultimately. Uh, once I stopped working for them, I went to go work for um, Meg Lieberman and Mark Hirschfeld. It would have been the biggest cat. They did Seinfeld, the Larry Sanders show, Third Rock from the Sun. That's yeah. where we did all the miniseries. I did the From the Earth to the Moon, The Pacific, Band of Brothers, and Frank. It was just a crazy office with tons of people. And I had, so I had Meg Lieberman, Mark Hirschfeld, and Cammie Patton ultimately you know, partnered with Meg. So that was some great mentoring that I got there. Plus yeah. every single person that worked in that office went on to become um, a casting director in their own right or an executive. Sharon Klein, Patrick Rush, Grace Wu, who's over at NBC. Um, yeah. You know, Bonnie Zane yeah. and um, Bonnie Zane and, and Gail Pillsbury. Mm -hmm. and they all worked in that office. They all worked in That's that office amazing. at the time that I was there. And there's other ones, Debbie Romano and Brett Benner, and what? I know it's crazy. Michael Catcher came out of that office, and then he went over to become an agent, and now he's it's back like to being a casting gold executive. Or it's it's <laughs> yeah. really was just like it, it was fun too. Yeah. So it, there was so much going on, and we all had our like little books with our different actor slots. You know, this age range, age range, and we just wrote started writing down all the actors that we knew, and it was it was almost a contest to see who could learn the most actors, and it's a good competitive atmosphere to be in you share information like oh my god I need a guy who's like you know a built beefy guy and it, it works tomorrow and like so we'd all like pull out our lists and you know help him come up yeah. with a session for the first thing in the morning and it was crazy crazy town and you that's, liked it I did like you it. like it I like that so I love that a lot went in and you enjoyed I did but that's wonderful yeah and then you know you you work your way up in that company and mm -hmm. eventually I, I went from receptionist to assistant to you know having five shows as an assistant and then one show as an associate and then 
an assistant underneath me, and then you just keep building up through the company. And that was seven years. I was there seven years. It was a long time. Wow. But I needed it, and I, I could have used a few more years. You know, like I mm-hmm. needed I needed the grounding because part of it is the education of like being in the entertainment industry and learning the personalities and everyone that you're working with, in addition to learning all of the talent, how everything works, how a pilot works, how series works, how to hire people, all the SAG rules. Like, so there's so many layers that you learn over a period that period and you i learn every single year i'm learning more and more stuff I things change that. yeah i love it sorry I that's that a long way you guys had the the binders with all of the actors names yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, how do you do that now i mean how do you find actors now do you have a an approach to kind of finding new talent yes we i mean we do it in several different ways i mean the fastest way is when you have a project and you're bringing people mm-hmm. in and you're seeing people through breakdown and and such, but we also have done a lot in the last several years of searches. Like we did a search for Smosh, which was we needed unrepresented, undiscovered um, talent in that 18 to 22 range for like SNL type comedy stuff. And we, they, then we searched all over the country. Yeah. We, we probably put flyers at your school. We sent them out to all the colleges and to all of the, you know, comedy clubs and yeah, the yeah. improv houses and stuff like that and looking for people. So now we have radical search engines that we use in addition to the phenomenal breakdown services and, yeah. you know, the partnership with the agents and managers. Um, so it's, uh, we watch an enormous amount of content and my sister will watch something. You should see so-and-so on this. And there I am. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Tracking anyone What's I the? I don't totally understand the search. Do you, do you younger person, understand what she's talking about? The like searching? The, so yeah. there's no real... So if you're <laughs> looking for... Person. Like on In the Dark, we were, yeah. we were looking for, we were looking for um, an actor who was actually having um, uh, real vision issues. Okay. So we had... Because it's an unrepresented group of people, yeah. actors with disabilities, there's only so many that will come in through a breakdown. Very little. It. It's like when we did Huge, the show Huge on ABC Family a few years ago. It was 10 years ago. God, it was, wait, 2010. Um, nobody really represented uh, actors with size, you know, mm-hmm. actors that were heavier. Mm-hmm. And so we got... Whereas a normal pilot... For a series regular role, we would get two to 4,000 submissions per role. And that's a lot of doubles of managers and agents just know there's doubles in there and stuff. But we do go through all of that because it's like, it looks like a, I don't know if you've seen Breakdown Services. It, good, they show you that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go through it. Barbara goes through it. We go back into it again. We start, you know, it's quite the, the process of culling that down. But for huge, we'd get 57, 62. 14. Wow. And a lot of those were doubles because people did not represent people that had um, size. And so from that, you know, we had we did do a, a search throughout the United States and you learn how to approach organizations mm. that might have those people. Um, so it was any camps mm-hmm. that had, you know, mm-hmm. kids that would be interested in theater. And so we, we start that process and then you get better every time you do it. So this last mm-hmm. time, um, when we were looking for an uh, actor with vision issues, we reached out to across the United States, Canada. We had a casting director in Canada, and she was doing all the Can- Canadian organizations, the UK, Australia. It shot in Toronto, so it could come from anywhere. They didn't need an American work visa, thank God. So w- it came down to two guys in the UK and one guy in Washington, D.C., and all these people put themselves on tape from wherever they were. So we got probably a 1,000 submissions for that, and... Um, no, 200 tapes 
200 actual tapes. For Smosh, we got 1,000 tapes that didn't have a disability attached to it. So then we um, watched all those tapes and we narrowed it down. We had the, them go back on tape for, you know, with direction and stuff. And, and this kid named Theo Bott, he found out that he got the job as he was clocking out from his dishwashing job in England. So he, oh, he had, he had studied, but now he's having vision issues. So oh. it's, it's, it was a fascinating process. But until there's an established talent pool and a talent pool, and the, what drives the talent pool is having the work for that particular group. So if, whether it's trans actors or, or um, actors with disabilities, um, the deaf community, they need, they need jobs in order for the talent pool to grow because then people know there's a 10-year-old girl that found out you know, that we were searching for people with vision issues and she's like, all of a sudden for her, oh my gosh, this can be a job. So then she's gonna pursue training and theater school and everything that other actors do and it's gonna be supported because there's gonna be work at the end of it. Right. So um, that's what, when we promote those things, it's such a mitzvah that the show did that. Yeah. That the, not, you know, it's their obligation to. There's another blind <laughs> actor on the show, and her name's Chloe, and she's, I mean, she's, or Kelly uh, Walton, she's fantastic. So um, it's, it's just that people need to start to really look outside the box. Right. So for those kinds of searches, they don't come through breakdown services or any traditional mm -hmm. means, and they're not represented actors. That's what I was going to ask They're you. not represented. So they... Um, so that's they, your guys' job, to go out there and... Find them. Wow. And yeah. find ways so to find them. Yep. And it is, wow. we've gotten a That's really good process in place, sure. but it's, um, but it is a ton of work. Yeah. He's giving me time. <laughs> he's what? He's, he's giving, giving me, me time. time. No. <laughs> no, this no, is so we're just getting No, we're good. We're good. We got 10 minutes. Okay, well, good. <laughs> that kind of goes into a question I think a lot of actors have is, do you cast real looking people? That idea of types, you know, it just yeah, yeah, yes. Well, real people have types too. They do have types. You know, it's and it, yeah. when you're talking about type. Don't get so worried about that. It can be a quirky type. It can be the it's it's quirky, funny, awkward as opposed to like hot, sexy, and confident. You know, mm -hmm. and I like the quirky, funny, awkward people. We love we we love that. Yes, there's so much space for people with real lives and real faces and 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 real sensibilities. And it's not. Yes, of course, there's always going to be that pretty and funny movie star. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if they're pretty and they're funny movie star mm -hmm. because those two things do not go as what is it I can't remember what her name is Barbara Miller used to say God doesn't give with both hands <laughs> <laughs> so it's rare and so when that's rare then everybody jumps on that and they move that person but then you've got Melissa McCarthy who's a movie star mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it's mm -hmm. just it's the world is a change in folks mm -hmm. yeah I love it mm -hmm. I love it so be real mm -hmm. look real look like yourself Absolutely. Oh yeah, you can't you can't go into a room and sit there and you first of all you can't really judge that you're not good enough from the waiting room. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm guaranteeing you if you're in there with a ton of pretty people, there's two of them that got anything going on. <laughs> okay, just so you know. You see and we're we're you know, we have to look and that but that when we got a really pretty person, the bar's very high, the acting has to be there. So you go through a lot of pretty people to find the one or the two that could do it. Yeah. So um, so don't be intimidated by that. And it's much more interesting to hang with the people also that, that don't get caught up in that stuff. I think it's a much better conversation. Yeah. Do you notice right away an actor's training when you're auditioning them? Can you see it? Yeah. 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 So would you say that that's pretty important? I or? think for me, I, I'm, I'm a huge, I love training. Yeah. Um, uh, 
the actors that are coming out of theater school, we go to the leagues, and if I don't get to get to that <clears throat> league, excuse me, I'll download your pictures from the internet, from your website, when it says that you know, you're this graduating class, blah, 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 so that I have them in my grid, mm -hmm. which is how I organize all my newly graduated actors from all the MFA and BFA programs around the country. Um, <clears throat> there's something irreplaceable about theater school training. It's you know the body, the mind, the time that it takes to marinate that mm -hmm. information inside of you, the work that your body does over the course of two, three, four years, it's irreplaceable. You, you, you can do everything that, you know, you can try and replicate that. You could take an Alexander class, you could take vo voice class, diction class, you can take singing, you can take dance, you can take movement, mm -hmm. but it's in that concentrated experience mm -hmm. in theater school is irreplaceable. You're, 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 you're forced into it, you're pressured into it. And I think when you're, if you're not, you skip out. Mm. I mean, I cut a lot of classes. Let's just be honest. Between us. <laughs> what were you doing? I hated. <laughs> what were you doing? What was going on over there? What were you doing? You were skipping out. Were you scared? <laughs> I was scared, but I also hated movement classes. Hated mm. them. But they were. But they were like Alexander was was uh, a revelation. Yeah. Alexander, Technique. I love Alexander. I, I thought it was too. amazing. It's an yeah. amazing class. I'd love to. You've worked on so many series. It's um, frightening, isn't it? I can't even remember that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I think for so many actors, that's you know, it's like the movies or a series is kind of like the the big dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Or Broadway, I guess. Those are kind of the three huge. Um, but like the series regular thing seems, I think, to many people, so um, elusive. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you say to act like, you know, there's not that straight path like there is, you know, for many professions of like, do this, this, this and this. I know that's why I yeah. had to get out. I needed a ladder. Yeah. I needed to know that the ladder was, you know, work hard and move up. Yeah. But now and that it, you have a little, now you can look a little in retrospect. Is there anything that you see that's kind of common denominators that, that, that they share? The people who are, who are getting in that pocket. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because actors that are in there that are testing and testing and testing and are not booking the roles also have their own like gripes. And we try to say, oh my God, do you realize how few mm. people are actually yeah. in that rarefied field of just testing or going to producers or getting a callback? Like, Embrace it, all of it. Embrace the, the self-tape. Embrace any entrance that you can get into reading for the casting director and being a part of it. Um, don't shy away from any of those opportunities like I did. Um, <laughs> I would say that the people that, I think there's a preparedness level. There's a, it's absolutely possible for somebody who comes through training for younger roles without a lot of experience to book those because the age, the training that you have here, have at any of the theater school programs is going to elevate you above other actors your age, if, you know, mm -hmm. all things considered. Um, and the uh, series regular, the, what you need for a series regular is that incredible um, ability to do the work and come prepared and create the character and continue to create the character as time goes on and continue to invest in the character. Theater school training prepares you for that. Um, and then that plus work experience. I mean, it's, it's going to be the younger that the role is, the more opportunity there is for somebody who hasn't had a lot of experience. And the older the role is, the, the less likely, the more likely it's gonna be somebody who has been on series and mm -hmm. has done television, I think. Unless you're finding someone from theater, but then that's experience, again, coming from the, so if they've been in the New York theater, is it Nina Ariana? 
that is on uh, Goliath, theater, theater, theater actress, and mm-hmm. just freaking brilliant, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there's no replacing theater experiences, no replacing theater school training. Uh, so that gives you a leg up. Um, Perry Matfeld, who's the lead of our show, she was a USC graduate, and she had done, I think, a recurring on Shameless, and I, she, I think she's got a Pantene commercial or a Suave commercial out there, but she's done, she did a few things, and she obviously had that training, but um, I know that she talks about it. It was like a year, year and a half after school, and nothing happened. Nothing was going mm-hmm. on. So you have to continue to generate your own uh, content and creativity and keep yourself inspired because there's very few – agents get very tired of, of the actor. Like, oh, get me out. If you don't get me out, I'm not going to be doing anything. <laughs> It's like, you know what? They get really excited when somebody's driven and self-propelling mm-hmm. and self-creating uh, and driving. They like that. So mm-hmm. I also like to see it. So if I get a postcard from somebody and they've got um, a digital project online or they've got a show that they're doing or they just booked this small role and they're telling me what they do, that's awesome. That's good. Spread the news. Yeah. You know, let people know that you're, you're doing things and you're engaged. But, but be purposeful in that. This, you want to continue to grow your craft regardless of people letting you have the opportunity. Don't wait for them to give you the opportunity. Take it. Make it. You have the ability to create content here. You can get together and have table reads amongst yourselves. You can take a great play or a great movie and read it together. You can, you can create something that goes on YouTube. You can drive the progression of your own craft yourself. If you're moving forward in your craft, somebody is going to see it. I love that. All right, oh, that's, I love sorry. that. Train. I'm long-winded. Create your own stuff. No. You're not long-winded. You're our guest. That's why you're here. <laughs> Amen. Do you think we want to talk? Like yes. this is this is what we want. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, create, prepare, mm-hmm. train. I mean, I love I love all of that. It's so good. And then it'll happen. Yeah. I love like I love that because I think it's funny when you were talking about the search. I was thinking. I remember when I was sort of actively looking for auditions and thinking no one's gonna see that like a little bit in my head I was like there's a void and I'm Mm -hmm. like sending this into the void but but you see everything you see the submissions you're you're looking at all of the submissions you're looking at all the actors access yeah which which is something I guess I I, you know I mean I, I I I believe you. <laughs> I probably I won't go to Actors Access for a network series because I'm getting so many yeah, on sure. regular breakdown services. But we did all these digital projects and stuff. So the less money that the job pays, the more we harder we have to search and scratch. Mm-hmm. We would do these digital. We did six digital projects for Warner Brothers Television Group, and it was under the Stage 13 banner. And every single one of those projects was really nurtured by a very high-level group of executives, and they each had their own production team working for them. They had a nickel to spend, and we had $400 for the leads and $125 for the side parts. But but there were people, there were great people that wanted to do these projects. We just had to find them. So for every session that we set up, we had to set up 80 people to try to get 18 people to show up. That's not normal. That's because of the money. So if it doesn't pay a lot of money... That's, you have to work harder at getting that session together. So we had to really dig. And those every single one of those things, they went to uh, South by Southwest, Tribeca, uh, Sundance, um, LA Film Festival, everything. They all went to festivals. They all looked amazing. So they got great film out of it. They made great contacts. Yeah. I, I just think there's no, there's no time to waste. 
Um, um, no, I'm uh, yeah. Okay. Um, talking to me. Jen's <laughs> um, yeah, making faces at me. <laughs> but I mean, you you no, should audition for anything like that because because yes. then yes. you have an opportunity. You don't yes. even know where yep. it's going to lead. Yes. Yeah, and create your own. You create your own. Create your own. Create your own magic. Yeah. No. Go out. Like we we put it out on on Actors Access and Breakdown Services on all of those because we had to have people coming. We had to find the source. Yeah. Do we have to ask our last question? We have to ask our last question. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> no, that was so fast. <laughs> I know. Oh, right. Well, we get a we get to do we get a Q&A. Okay, good. Good. Because okay. we have so many more. So we <laughs> yeah. like to end with an asking our guest what their LAism is. So it's like something you have found that is totally unique to LA. Okay. Uh, wow, it's a weird town. So there's a lot of unique things <laughs> to LA. I just want to put that out there. But one of the weirdest things, and I am such, uh, I, I mean, I'm into it. I'm into it. Is the the no and non and free? It's like no, no gluten, no dairy, no. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> All organic, right. pasture raised. You know, right, animals right. that were brought in by servants and given <laughs> their own therapist before you slaughter them and eat them. You right. know I mean? So it's like that really like that uber culling of. Uh, customizing our food, like food that was not oh God, ever what it was. Right. Like I have cereal that was made out of beans. I have milk that was coming from oats. <laughs> I have bread that's from potatoes. I don't eat anything in the way that it was supposed to be eaten right. ever. My farming family is, you know, like they laugh their asses off. Of us. <laughs> do. My family in Tennessee and Iowa think we are batshit crazy. We are batshit we crazy. Batch we crazy. Are. That's very that's LA. I love that's, that's very, very LA. LA. I had lox and bagels and the lox were made out of carrots and it was delicious. <laughs> wow. What? Wow, where? What? Where did you get lox It was at a out? crazy expensive, it was like, it wasn't craft, it was one of those, oh, Crossroads. Oh yeah. Oh, the vegetarian place. The vegetarian, the vegan third. like place. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was expensive. Yeah. I don't know. It was delicious. Yeah. Lox made out of carrots. carrots. I'm, I might be there this week. I know, I was going to say, Jen. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. That's super LA. <laughs> thank you so much for I being here. I loved it. That was fun. That's thank fast. you. Amazing. I know, it's quick. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. I feel very honored. Oh. We are. To have been asked. We are. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast. We want to be able to bring you more episodes like this one, but we can only do that with your support. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak LA, the podcast on your favorite podcast app. For more information on Speak LA, go to www.ispeakla.com. My name is Camille thornton Olson, And I'm Jen Jostin. And we are the founders of Speak LA. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. See you next time.